dear friends, welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to Big Q&A. This is the program where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion, and the Bible. This is the program where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Pastor Ricardo Schaeffer, minister to the Wistow Seventh-day Adventist Church and to the Prospect International Seventh-day Adventist Church here in the beautiful city of Adelaide, South Australia. I'm delighted to be your Drive Time host today as we spend the next hour together continuing with part four of the series Contentious Issues for Believers. This week, we'll be looking, or we are looking at the theme, The Bible and the Rise of Cults. And our big question for today is, does God want believers to withdraw from society? Today, our co-host is Pastor Fabiano Niuncuru, and Fabiano is pastoring Melrose Park Seventh-day Adventist Church and also Sinai Seventh-day Adventist Company here in Adelaide. Pastor Fabiano, a pleasure to have you here with us. Yes. How are you today? Thank you. I'm well, thank you. And I'm also uh, happy to be here. Excellent. Yeah. I heard that we may have some storms over the weekend. Yes, it's been quite an interesting uh, weather, to be honest, uh, this season. Um, mm-hmm. We were hoping that, um, uh, you know, uh, heavy rains and stuff like that were now uh, over and that we're heading into a more uh, calmer and a little bit warmer season. But it seems like uh, the, the <laughs> rain is, is just, uh, you know, starting. And uh, for the people in the eastern, si- uh, eastern states of uh, Australia, uh, you know, I fear for them and may God be with them. Uh, especially in these difficult and challenging mm. times, uh, you know, all the way from Queensland to Victoria, um, they are faced with uh, uh, heavy downfall of rain, and mm. a lot of people have been displaced, uh, pretty much. Wow! Yeah. No, dear listeners, please stay safe. Yes, and Pastor Fabiano, we are delighted to have you on Faith FM Drive oh, Time. Thank you. Yeah, dear friends, please feel free to send us your comments about today's topic. Does God want believers to withdraw from society? Mm. And the number to text us is 04888 um, I would like to share with you now um, an interesting article for our World Watch segment. It's titled, White Supremacists, Anti-Semites, and Other Extremist Groups Have Found Another Weapon, which is Subtlety. Mm. Uh This is from 13th of June, 2022, and it says, A swastika, a crossed-out star of David inside a circle, an image of black people or Muslims or Asian Americans captioned, uh, Go back where you came from. All familiar symbols of hate, all instantly recognizable and all set off social media alarm bells to remove posts and posters alike. But the haters have learned their lesson and are seasoning their hysteria with nuance and innuendo. The sledgehammer is now tampered uh, and seemingly innocent but vicious messages are eluding the algorithms and making their way with a vengeance on mainstream platforms like Twitter, Instagram, TikTok and Telegram. Uh, Obvious dog whistles such as white genocide and white power are now um, passe or out of date. The modern extremist greeds 
his or her fellow haters online with a cheery 1488. Four, that's 1488. Uh, the 14 for the 14-word 14 slogan that goes like, we must secure the existence of our people and a future for white children. And the 88 part of that is for Hail Hitler, the letter H being the eighth letter of the alphabet. Uh, a Christian cross emoji in their profile. Who can censor that? Or the word Anglo used strategically in a username are deft ways to avoid detection, as is the innocuous seeming number 109, representing the lie that Jews have been expelled from 109 countries. Used as a greeting, 109 may be answered with 110 as a jovial reminder that the next country to expel Jews should be our own. Right? <laughs> uh, symbolic language here. That's right. Um, these symbols and others, obvious and subtle, uh, were on display during the January 6th insurrection, the U.S. Capitol riot that you may remember, indicating the strong presence of far-right ext extremism on that dark day. Other codes for hate, and they are plentiful, can be found on the Anti-Defamation League's hate symbol database. But be warned, these symbols do not thrive in the light and are swiftly, swiftly replaced like others, making the job of social media moderators more a game of high-tech um, whack-a-mole. As David Tesler, the head of Dangerous Organizations and Individuals Policy for Meta, said in a statement, We know these groups are determined to find new ways to try to evade our policies, and that's why we invest in people and technology and work with outside experts to constantly update and improve our enforcement efforts. Mr. Tesler in, uh, and his colleagues have their work cut out uh, for them as nothing succeeds like success. And as extremist ranks continue to rise, there's no reason to believe the tactics will change anytime soon. It seems that with every new breakthrough in communication technology, we as a species get a chance to show ourselves not just at our best, but also at our worst. Mm. Oh, Subtlety. That's right. <laughs> Quite interesting. Uh, <clears throat> sounds like a game of um, codes. Uh, you know how people can communicate in codes and, uh, and so forth. Um, it, you know, as you were reading that, it just reminded me of uh, what we read in the book of Revelation as well. Mm -hmm. Some people look at the book of Revelation and they say, man, this is so hard to understand. Yes. It's full of symbols and beasts and so forth. And they say, you know, who can understand this book? And so some people just leave it. But um, uh, I guess uh, behind every language, behind every symbol, uh, there's a message. And mm. um, just like these people uh, and their groups, you know, uh, try to communicate uh, in ways that are subtle and hidden. Uh, and we find that, however, behind these endeavors, there, there's actually a message that is being communicated. Mm -hmm. uh, it's quite interesting. Mm. It is, it is. And it reminds me of the tactics of the devil as well. As yes. we read the Bible, we see uh, in prophecy that uh, the, the the number one tactic of the devil is to enforce, yes, to persecute. That's right. You know, 
And when he sees that it works, he continues. But yes. if it doesn't work, he goes to another tactic, which is to be subtle. Yes. Subtlety. Yes. 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 And um, at the beginning, he started with persecution. He started persecuting Christians. That's right. Uh, in the Middle Ages or yeah. with the Roman Empire. But then um, as he saw that it wasn't working because the Christians were still getting baptized, yes. even though they were being persecuted, yes. he became... Uh, more cunning and perhaps and he came up with corruption in the church mm. so uh, mm. yeah <laughs> in the name of god and that's so right that's a different tactic subtlety. that's right subtlety. and you know what's interesting though about scripture i mentioned the book of revelation when you read revelation chapter one verse one so the very beginning of the book of revelation the one that many people are afraid of mm-hmm. the one that you know they say is full of so many symbols you know cannot be understood Interestingly, it starts with the words, you know, the revelation of Jesus Christ. Right. And the word revelation comes to the word to reveal. And so mm-hmm. this is not a hidden message, but rather it's a, uh, it's an open mm-hmm. book. It's a message that is there revealing and helping us to understand mm-hmm. uh, God and his plans and uh, even the future. Uh, so, yeah, unlike the enemy, which you're just talking about, who is very subtle, who tries to, uh, you know, hide uh, his... Um, uh, his cynical and dangerous things that he does, mm-hmm. uh, um, deadly stuff, uh, and tries to deceive people in so many ways. Uh, God is, you know, open and he shares everything with us. Yes. Uh, some mm-hmm. messages may appear to be, um, I guess difficult to understand, but that is a means of protecting the message. Uh, and we can always get into that another time when we look at the history of, of, of the sure. Bible. But what's interesting though is the contrasting ways, the, co- the contrast here in the ways in which, uh, bo- uh, the enemy works, uh, and in the way in which God works. Mm-hmm. Uh, the enemy is all about, um, destroying, killing and, yes. Uh, manipulating, deceiving, and uh, pretty much negative. Whereas God is all about saving and uh, um, Amen. Uh, and giving life and and liberating and, mm-hmm. and so forth. Yeah, so very different. Yes. Yeah, yeah. The devil can do this openly by destroying or yes, uh, persecuting, yes. and also sat, uh, with subtlety. Yes, that's right. right? By the using deception. Yes, and corruption. That's right. So yeah. yes, uh, dear friends. If you're listening, um, the Seventh-day Adventist Church normally runs seminars on Bible prophecy, mm. also um, specifically on the book of Revelation or sometimes Daniel and Revelation. Uh, if you're interested, please get in touch with any Seventh-day Adventist Church, and I'm sure they will uh, let you know when is the next seminar on prophecies, if you're interested. Yes. Um, we'd love to know where you're listening from and what your thoughts are about today's topic which is, does God want believers to withdraw from society? So simply text us on 4 808 And also, if you have something you'd like us to pray for, we'd love to pray for you. Please send us a text on 4 808 Let's pray together before we continue. Yes. Gracious Heavenly Father, once again, thank you for the opportunity to speak freely um, about the Bible uh, and for the opportunity to reach out to so many people through the radio. Please be with all our, all of our listeners and with their families as well. Give us your blessing, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Mm. Dear listeners, the book we would like to offer you today completely free is called End Time Living by Mark Finley. 
and I will soon give you the code um, to get your free copy. So stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. Uh, the number that you'll need to get in touch with us or to claim your free offers is 04888-808-11. Simply text the code that I will give you shortly to 04888-808-11. Let's have a short break while we listen to a song called Where You There? Where You There? Were you there when they crucified my Lord? Were you there when they crucified my Lord? Sometimes it causes me to tremble. Were you there when they crucified my Lord? Were you there? Red Mountain Music, where you there? This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. Welcome back. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q&A with Pastor Ricardo Schaeffer. The theme that we are exploring this week is contentious issues for believers, the Bible, and the rise of cults. And our co-host today is Pastor Fabiano Niyunkuru. He will be answering the big question for today. Does God want believers to withdraw from society? Pastor Fabiano, does the Bible say anything about um, this question? Yes, the Bible has a lot to say uh, regarding uh, this whole interaction with uh, the, the world that the Christians are supposed to have. Uh, and in fact, uh in Jesus' uh, prayer alone, he said that, I pray that you do not take them uh, out of the world, uh, uh, praying to the Father. And this we read in John 17, verse 15. So 
straight, I guess, to the very uh, answer to your question. Uh, the Bible says, and these are the words of Jesus, my prayer is not, in fact, let me read it from the NKJV. Uh, it says here, I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. Jesus' mm-hmm. prayer wasn't that we be uh, separated or uh, be uh, ejected from the world. Yes, it is a messy place. Yes, there are sinful people. Yes, there are many temptations in this world. But Jesus, you would think that Jesus would say, yeah, definitely, now that they're saved, <laughs> get them out as go soon as possible. <laughs> exactly. Or at least go into, into a monastery and wait for me. Uh, but he decides to leave us here and he just prays for us that we be kept away from the evil one. Mm-hmm. And this is for a greater reason, as we shall find out. Uh, there's a reason why uh, we needed to remain here uh, for, for quite some time as we wait for Jesus uh, to uh, do the intercessory work in heaven and finally mm-hmm. come back here on earth. Um, now, for those who are listening to us and who may not have uh, a, a thorough uh, understanding of the scriptures. Um, one thing that we must understand is the way in which Jesus interacted with people. And that can help us understand, uh, the ways in which we're supposed to live. That makes sense. Yeah. And mm. so as Christians, we tend to say that we need to walk in the footsteps of Christ. We need to follow Christ's example. And so for those who may not have a thorough understanding of scriptures, allow me to just share a few, uh, examples of how Jesus lived his life and uh, his interactions with the people in the, in the world. And then we can learn from him and then follow mm-hmm. his example. Uh, so, for, for, exa- for example, we have um, uh, John chapter 4, verse 7 to 42, where we find Jesus interacting with the Samaritan woman. Now, mm-hmm. we have to understand the background to that. Who were the Samar- uh, Samaritans? And so, uh, maybe if I could try to put that in the, in the modern context, mm-hmm. uh, uh, I guess the best thing that I can think of at the moment is the uh, tensions that tends to be there between uh, people from different ethnicities. Um, It's uh, quite interesting. Once, uh, when was this? I believe it was 2014. I was there in Kurenbong, New South Wales, and I met a gentleman who has quite a strong Aussie accent. And (laughs) man, I was struggling to understand like what he's saying. I had to truly, uh, I had to, process very hard uh, you know what he was saying I had to pay careful attention to what he's mm. saying and so later on I asked him so where are you from exactly <laughs> <laughs> and then he said I'm from Queensland I said uh-huh. how come your accent is so strong like I, I'm finding it very yes. you know, difficult to, to, to understand everything I have to think really hard and then he uh, you know went on to um, help me understand that uh, the people uh, from Queensland and the people from Victoria mm. uh, can tell, you know, uh, uh, that uh, from one another that they have a different mm-hmm. accent. Mm-hmm. Even though they are all Aussies and they all speak English, they all speak, you know, the Australian uh, uh, English, uh, they still sound a little different. Mm. And, uh, and sometimes uh, in... Uh, Maybe the third world countries, uh, sometimes it could be also in the West. Uh, there tends to be tensions between people groups. And so this is the same thing that we find in scripture when Jesus encounters this Samaritan woman. There was already hostility mm. between the Jews. 
the supposedly chosen people of God, and surely they were, because God had chosen them through uh, Jacob. Uh, they were these uh, chosen ones. Mm-hmm. And the Samaritans. So the Samaritans, who apparently happened to be a hybrid of uh, uh, the Jews and some foreigners, uh, people whom we could call unbelievers or the heathens. And so this was a mixed race. And uh, now the... History says that apparently there happened to uh, be some uh, misunderstandings and, right, and, and, right. and different understandings uh, of uh, as, uh, as to who is uh, truly the rightful people of God and which place is the right place to worship. So that further on separate the people. So when Jesus comes to the Samaritan woman, uh, he's a Jew. The lady is a Samaritan woman. Automatically, <laughs> there should have been like this strong antagonism, right. you know, between the yes. two, and they could tell uh, where w- each other was from. That's right. And so, mm. but we find Jesus breaking the uh, cultural barriers, the right. uh, supposedly norms, um, the uh, yeah. He just interacts with this lady, and he asks mm. for water. And uh, uh, the lady, I'm just paraphrasing here the story for the uh, for the sake of time. But the lady says, "Wait a minute, you're a Jew. You should be asking water for me." Like, uh, and 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 um, in fact, even worse, I'm I'm a woman. And so, uh, yeah. But this just shows us that Jesus cared about people. Wow. Jesus interacted mm. with people. Jesus did not look at the surface and no. the cultural norms and so forth. Jesus was all about. People mm-hmm. and 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 um, I just uh, looked at people as, as uh, um, looked at people and for who they were, rather than looking at all the other cultural baggages and and stuff mm. that you know that I usually hi- uh, hipped onto a person's identity. So that's one. But then we also find Jesus interacting with a crippled beggar, uh, according to the cultural norms at that time. Uh, well, he was supposed to be an unclean person, and Jesus should have. You know, distance himself from this person uh, in John chapter five, verse one to fifteen, uh, and so we can also look at uh, other um, uh, instances. More than twenty-five instances where we find Jesus also interacting with people uh, in public. For example, in Matthew chapter nineteen, uh, he interacts with a rich young ruler, uh, and uh, in Mark chapter five, uh, Jesus interacts with a demoniac person. Uh, in Mark chapter five, verse twenty-one onwards, Jesus uh, interacts with Jairus, who was a synagogue ruler, so he's a religious person. Uh, uh, and uh, in Mark chapter five, verse twenty-four to thirty-four, Jesus is also interacting with a woman who's suffering with an issue of blood, uh, a hemorrhage. Uh, hemorrhaging issue uh, and um, she was supposed to be once again unclean uh, we find Jesus interacting with all kinds of people I guess that's the message uh, that's what I'm trying to say so he, when uh, sorry I had to interrupt but when, yeah. when for example when Jesus um, encounters this woman yes um uh, just to paraphrase, the woman pretty much says to Jesus, um, you're a Jew. Yes. We're supposed to hate each other. Yes. And, the Samaritan and, woman. Yeah. The Samaritan yeah, woman, yeah, right? Yeah. And Jesus, his, his reaction is just as if he was saying, I don't yeah. care about those, um, customs. Those things. Yeah. yeah <laughs> that's he, it. He goes that's beyond it. that. That's right. That's right. Mm. And this is what we find. Uh, when we read and study the Gospels, Jesus was always found in places where there are people. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, that's quite amazing. Today, mm-hmm. in this um, uh, postmodern, secular, uh, private lifestyle that we live in the 21st century, yes. people are all about me, myself, and I in their little boxes <laughs> called houses, and they hardly interact. And in fact, if someone smiles, smiles at you on the street, you'd be like, What's wrong with that person? Yes. <laughs> it's so weird. Now, Jesus, Jesus <laughs> did withdraw for a moment or yes. maybe a whole night to, yes, to recharge to his spiritual batteries, yes. to, to connect with his father. And then he did extraordinary things amongst the people. That's right. And immediately after he comes out of his uh, prayer, season of prayer, uh, uh, visual, you know, the, mm-hmm. the night of prayer, um, he would then go immediately to the marketplaces. Mm. He will go immediately where the people are, uh, because, uh, Jesus cared about people mm-hmm. and his mission was, you know, was to save people. Yes. Um, in fact, these are his own, his own creation. Uh, mm-hmm. and so we can learn a lot from Jesus. He interacted with people. In fact, we also find that people found favor in the sight of men. He was loved. He was a, uh, an easygoing person, uh, one that is not classified as judgmental, even though I think that that phrase is usually misunderstood. Mm-hmm. That's a topic for another mm-hmm. time. Yes. Um, but he was, mm-hmm. you know, that he was a people's person. Uh, he was invited by people in their homes, uh, and he ate with both supposedly good people and bad people. And bad people, by the way, is commonly uh, referred to uh, in the scriptures as the tax collector tax collectors or the sinners, but we find Jesus eating and spending time with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Mark chapter 1, verse 29 to, 30, uh, to 31, as well as Mark chapter uh, 24 all the way to uh, chapter 30, and Luke chapter 19, verse 1 to 10. So Jesus interacted with people. But let me take this further. Uh, in uh, John chapter 3, verse 16, uh, you know, the uh, uh, famous um, Bible text, uh, we find that in that text, uh, that, uh, it, in fact, let me maybe uh, briefly quote it. I, don't, I may not be able to quote word for word, but it says, mm-hmm. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Mm. But you read verse 17, which says, For God did not send his son to condemn the world. Uh-huh. So in that very verse, we understand that God's desire was that uh, he would be with people and that Jesus would be uh, and dwell with people. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesus came to the world. He did not withdraw from the world. Right. Uh, he spent time with the people of the world, the people of earth. God with uh, us. Exactly. God with us. Emmanuel. Mm. That's right. That mm. is one of his titles. And so we learn from Jesus this idea of, um, uh, uh, um, um, there is a theological word I was attempted to use, but yeah. I shouldn't use that. Because we want to use simple terms that we can all understand. But we find that Jesus was a person who spent time with people because he cared for people, uh, tried to meet people's needs and healed people. And in fact, he was so busy with that, uh, uh, to the point where, um, you know, he was just moving from town to town. And there were, th- there were times where people, uh, realized that he cared so much and that he was a person who, uh, was there to meet their needs to the point where people just started flocking to him. There were even times where they, uh, walked, uh, uh, a great distance to find Jesus. And uh, when he had gone to another town immediately mm-hmm. after he came out of his prayer, his prayers on one morning, uh, we find Jesus being a people's person and people Loved Jesus. Right. That, that, those are some of the lessons so that we learn. That's mm. his uh, vertical relationship with yes. his father and his horizontal relationship with 
brothers and sisters. That's right. Or anyone That's right. in the world. So to answer mm. your question, um, mm. does, uh, if you can remind me the question again. Does the Bible say anything about um, withdrawing from, um, or God asking us to withdraw from, from the world, from well, society? All right. So the answer is, if we were to uh, follow the examples of Christ, well, the Bible does not encourage us to uh, withdraw from society. Mm-hmm. However, the Bible does encourage that we take times mm-hmm. uh, of prayer uh, where we can, yes, withdraw from people so as to spend time with God, just like Jesus did, so we can recharge, uh, so we can... Um, uh, better uh, be strengthened in our spiritual uh, journey and uh, relationship with God. However, we are not to stay there for mm. long. Uh, right. The Bible does not encourage an ascetic lifestyle uh, mm. where you just, you know, spend time alone there for months and months and so forth. Uh, the Bible is uh, encourages us rather to con- uh, to connect with people. Hence, Jesus prayed uh, once again in John 17, verse 15, I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. Mm-hmm. And the very reason why Jesus said this is what we need to come to shortly, uh, this whole idea of us remaining in the world for a reason which I'm about to share shortly. Mm. <laughs> but uh, but uh, that's what we see. Um, yes. Jesus interacting with people. Uh, well, maybe let's quickly go now to uh, this particular uh, text about uh, um, this idea as to why Jesus desired that we should remain in the world. I uh, would like to read this from the Gospel of Matthew. Uh, Matthew is in the New Testament. Uh, and uh, this is what he writes in Matthew chapter 5. Uh, verse uh, 13 onwards, the Bible says, you are the salt of the earth. Mm-hmm. Now, let me give you a little bit of a context. Here, Jesus had been talking about discipleship. And uh, before he ca- he gets to this verse, uh, in fact, if you were to go back to uh, um, verse 1 of Matthew 5, he's speaking about uh, all these blessings. But if you, but if you, but, but if you look at what uh, Dr. Luke has to write in Luke chapter 6 you realize that this is actually connected to discipleship mm-hmm. and uh, so okay so so he comes here and, and he says uh, you are the salt of the earth but if the salt loses its flavor how shall it be seasoned mm. it is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men let me just add a few more texts here Verse 14 says, You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Verse 15, Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Mm-hmm. Verse 16 then says, Let your light so shine before men that mm-hmm. they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Friends, there's a lot to unpack here. Uh, salt, we could yes. begin there. Uh, salt is so important today. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, in fact, it's always been important uh, when it comes to uh, seasoning food. Uh, I'm pretty sure if you still have your test buds, you know what it is like to eat food that does, that, that, that does not have salt and food that has salt. So. Right. Salt is very important. It's a key ingredient, in fact, in making food very tasty. Uh, and so here we find Jesus saying that we, the followers of Christ, the disciples, we are the salt of the earth. 
And if we try to um, understand that from a, uh, a practical standpoint, mm-hmm. uh, Christians are agents uh, that are supposed to infuse in the world something that is positive, something that is good, and we know this as the gospel, uh, the uh, the good news that Jesus saves. Christians are supposed to represent Christ. They're supposed to give off this wonderful flavor in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so uh, that's, that's my understanding of that. Uh, so you are the salt of the earth. Now, if you remove that from the earth, well, then you are left with, uh, with a world uh, that is in darkness. Right. Uh, and so you really need the Christians. You really need the wow. people. We need to spend time with people. Uh, you are the salt of the earth. In fact, I, as I think of this, words fail to, I, I fail to actually expound or, uh, 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 I fail to find the words that can really deepen the, uh, the way I'm he- hearing it in my mind because salt is so important. It's the key mm. ingredient here. And Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth. Of the whole earth. The whole earth. That, That's right. That includes everyone. Everyone. Not That's just right. Christians. Exactly. Uh, Anyone. Exactly. And, and that's quite interesting actually that you say that because the word that is used, um, uh, in the, in the Greek actually says humankind. So it is not singling out a portion, uh, of people, you know, a group of people. Mm-hmm. It's actually saying, Hey, mankind worldwide. Right. Pretty much you are the salt of the earth. Wow. Now, uh, he then, he uses the symbol of light as well to say that you are the light of the world. Mm-hmm. Now, what happens if we remove light from this world? Darkness. <laughs> it's darkness, darkness right? <laughs> uh, we, we won't be able to drive to our workplaces. We won't be able to drive anywhere. We won't be able to walk anywhere. It'll be difficult. And I've, I've, I've gone through mm-hmm. a, a little bit of an experience with that in New South Wales once when we, uh, had, uh, major floods and winds and stuff and, and trees were falling on, um, uh, power lines and we lost power for a few days. <laughs> my, oh my, it's a different experience. <laughs> and so imagine, uh, you know, losing light. So Jesus says, you are the light of the world. Uh, in fact, if we come to verse 16, then he says, Hey, let your light mm-hmm. so shine before Man, and that's important, my friends. That's a big statement. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So, really, uh, does the Bible teach that you know we should be uh, uh, withdrawn from the world? I don't think so. Mm. Uh, in fact, the Bible, and I believe this is why Jesus wanted us to remain here. We who have accepted uh, the good news and have mm. tasted and seen that the Lord is good, we are the ones to. Uh, uh, we are the channels of blessings to others. We are the ones to, uh, uh, uh help others come to an understanding. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we are the ones to be the bridges to lead people to Christ. And so they may taste for themselves too and see that the Lord is good. Uh, we are the, uh, the samples. Let me use that word. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I know that that adds another layer, especially for Christians. It really mm-hmm. does, um, deepen our, uh, responsibilities. We are the samples. Can wow. you imagine? You are the samples. Like people ought to look at you and see Christ yes. and test you and see, Hey, if that's what Christianity is all about, you know? Yeah. But that's what I believe. That's what Jesus is getting mm-hmm. at. So we cannot afford to just withdraw ourselves from the world yes, because yes, yes. Uh, then the world will be in darkness. We couldn't be the light of the world That's right. by withdrawing from the world. That's right. So Jesus said that he's the light of the yes, world. And yes. at the same time, we are the light of the world. That's right. 
How so do we, we make sense of that? Exactly. We have to reflect Christ. Uh-huh. That's right. The greater light. That's right. And uh, in fact, we could almost say, uh, you know, we are like the moon. <laughs> you know, the moon. True. The, the moon, uh, you know, casts its light onto the, sorry, the, la- the sun rather casts its light onto the moon and then the moon, you know, reflects that to back us. to the world. So pretty much. So that's, if, that's if we way. mingle with yeah. the world, yeah. with everyone on this earth, but we're not connected to God, mm. we have no light to share. Oh, definitely not. Definitely mm. not. In fact, there's nothing good in us. There's nothing to share, really, with the world if we are not connected to Christ. Um, and I, I, I can hear some of my fellow Christians there out there saying, but, <laughs> but the world is full of all these A, B, C, D, bad things, you know, that will be tainted. Uh, but remember, in Jesus' prayer, he said that uh, God was supposed to, uh, if I may bring up that verse again, uh, he prayed asking that God should keep us away from the evil one. Uh, keep them, fr- uh, keep them from the evil one. And, uh, well, this, this could be unpacked, you know, uh, in another lesson or if anyone was interested, they can get in contact with us and then we can unpack them, unpack that. But, uh, yes, we, uh, I guess we need to be careful because we do have, yes, different, uh, weaknesses. People have different weaknesses, but mm. nevertheless, this is the principle. This is the idea. This is what we need to do to connect with the world, to infuse the light uh, of Christ to the world and to uh, really be there, be out there as samples uh, to the world. This is so interesting because so many times we ask the question, why is Jesus taking so long to return? Yeah. And um, you've just answered that question because he's waiting for us to share the light with others That's so right. that many people can Know the truth and, and come to repentance. Yes, he yes. Basically, wants to save as many as people many as, as possible. possible. That's right. That's right. That's In why. fact, I, I think of the words of Peter, where he says, "God is long suffering, wishing mm-hmm. that no one should perish, but that they should come to repentance." Apparently, that's why. That's what Jesus is waiting for. He is waiting for you, my friend, who is listening. He is waiting for you. Uh, he wants you in his kingdom and he wants to save you. He wants to give you uh, that abundant life. Mm. What a friend yeah. we have in Jesus. Amen. Indeed. Amen. Um, okay. Uh, so we can see that there is an importance yes. in mingling with people. Mm. God never asked us to withdraw from society. No. Uh, but there is an importance as well in having a, a quiet time with God yes. to recharge our batteries, to to draw from um, His source of knowledge from yes. the Bible, and then to have something to share. That's right. With others. That's right. That's the only way to to be the light of the world. Amen. That light doesn't really come from us. <laughs> no, definitely not. We need to get it from. In fact, we heaven. are we are mere re- uh, reflectors uh, of His. Um, his light, his goodness, his mercy, his love, his care uh, to others. Yeah, Very clear, mm. very mm. clear. Thank you, Pastor Fabiano. Let's come to another short break as we reflect upon what um, Pastor Fabiano has been sharing about how Jesus interacted with people. And I believe that Jesus is our example, right? Yes. So we should do the same. And dear listeners, remember we have a giveaway for you. It is the book called End Time Living by Mark Finley. Mm. In this book, Pastor Finley uh, shows us that the past is still with us. Uh, All of us live with the consequences of choices we made back then. What choices are you making today? Mm. How do you want to live your life in the future? Mark Finley, speaker emeritus of of, of the It Is Written television broadcast, shares essential Bible truths in this book to help us all make better decisions 
in these troubled times. God gave humans the ability to make moral choices. Today, we need that ability more than ever before. So please um, send us the code that we're going to give you soon if you want a free copy of this book. The number you need to get in touch with us if you would like to send us a comment as well or to claim any of our free offers is 04888-808-11. Let's listen to a song. What a friend we have in Jesus because indeed he is our friend. What a friend we have in Jesus All our sins and griefs to bear What a privilege to carry Everything to God in prayer Oh, what peace we often forfeit Oh, what needless pain we bear All because we do not carry Everything to God in prayer We trials and temptations Is there trouble anywhere? We should never be discouraged Take it to the Lord in prayer Can we find a friend so faithful Who will all our sorrows share Jesus knows our every weakness Take it to the Lord in
And that was James Rainwater. What a friend we have in Jesus. And indeed, Jesus is the best friend that we could ever have. Now, today's giveaway is the book called End Time Living by Pastor Mark Finley. If you would like to get a free copy of this book, all you need to do is text the code word SA77 to 04888-808-11 and the Faith of Him giveaway robot will reply asking for your details. So text the code word SA77. That's the letters SA as in South Australia and the numbers 77. So S, that is SA77, no spaces. Uh, text that code to 04888-808-11 and your free copy of this book will be on its way. So welcome back, dear listeners. Uh, you're listening to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q&A with Pastor Ricardo Schaeffer. The theme that we are exploring this week is contentious issues for believers, the Bible and the rise of cults. And our co-host today is Pastor Fabiano Niyunkuru, minister to the Melrose Park Seventh-day Adventist Church and to the Sinai Seventh-day Adventist Company here in Adelaide. He will be finishing answering the big question for today. Does God want believers to withdraw from society? Pastor Fabiano, uh, can you please like summarize in the next few minutes, has God asked us to withdraw from people from society? Thank you, Pastor Ricardo. I would say when Christ calls people into his kingdom, he doesn't pull them out of the world, of the world uh, forever. Mm-hmm. Rather, he sends them back out of the world. One of my favorite texts comes from First Peter chapter 2, verse 9, which says that God has called us out of... Uh, um, uh, uh, called us into his marvelous light that we may go back and proclaim his presence uh, and uh, and share the people uh, 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 of the world, the people who are still in darkness. Uh, and so, my friends, we find even the uh, disciples, uh, like the Apostle Paul, for example, that they interacted with the people of the world. We found Paul interacting with the suppose what well, today we could call them uh, atheists, people who don't believe in God. Mm. Uh, and uh, in those days, these were the pagans, the athe- uh, no, um, the heathens rather. Uh, and not to say that these are bad people, by the way, when we use these labels, but it's 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 a religious terminology that is used. Um, but he interacted with them. Uh, and I know that some people would feel that, hey, we don't want to be tainted with, you know, we don't want to uh, be influenced by the worldlings and all of that. But my friend, if your roots, if your anchor is in Christ, well, your light should overcome darkness, <laughs> the darkness that right. you're afraid of. And so Paul reasoned and interacted with uh, the people there uh, in Athens, uh, Acts chapter 17, verse 16 to 34, where he reasoned with the people who were there, uh, the philosophers and the scientists and the mathematics, mathematici- mathematicians, I should say. Oh, <laughs> oh man, I almost uh, had a tongue yes, twister there. Yes. <laughs> and uh, he spent time with those kinds of people. And he was not afraid. In other, at other times, we find him in the marketplaces, uh, there in Athens as well. Uh, and, uh, we should maybe say something about the marketplaces. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I hear the word marketplaces, for me, in my mind, it takes me back to, uh, where we were living there in the refugee camp before we came here in Australia, where marketplaces are messy places, where all kinds of things <laughs> happen. People will be, you know, playing games, others will be hanging out, others will be getting haircuts, others will be shopping, children will be playing. You know, others will be others will be hanging out, and 
just like today. You think of Randomore here in Adelaide. You think of other uh, major streets uh, of trade in your city there. Uh, people will be going there for birthday parties. People will be going there for cinemas. People will be going there to shop. Others will be there to gossip and chat. <laughs> Others will be there to all kinds of things. Messy places. But we find Paul there as well. Why? Because this light of mine, which I have, and I, I have to let it shine. Mm. I have to be there in a lovingly, in a loving way, uh, allow the gospel and the truth to, you know, to be seen in my life. Then I can be a power of influence, uh, a positive power of influence. And, uh, uh, and hopefully by God's grace, mm. people can see, uh, me and maybe the way mm-hmm. I, I, I live my life and maybe some of the things that I say and lead them to ask a question which may lead me to mm. leading them to uh, a deeper understanding of God one, and so forth. one thing is mm. to share your light inside the church and another different thing is to share it outside the church it, it, that's right but we were never called to be a people who uh, just sit in the pews in fact that's, that's another thing too we need maybe to unpack another time <laughs> we were actually a people who were called and sent out Amen. And, 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 uh, then in Matthew 28, Jesus actually says, go and disciple. That mm-hmm. is the actual command to disciple. And so, um, we find also Martin Luther, uh, who preached that the church had to move out of the heavenly temple into the world. Uh, most of the giants of faith, uh, men and women of faith recognized that that is our calling to go out into the world. Hence, Jesus, uh, you know, prayed that we should not be uh, taken out of this world, but rather that we remain because there are a people who still need to hear uh, the good news, and that is that Jesus saves. Uh, also, uh, Martin Luther <laughs> noted that it is the, and this must sound uh, uh, like strong, strong words, but he noted that it is the coward apparently who flees from the real world permanently and hides his fear with piety. Uh, he believed that we ought, in fact, that we must be in the world and uh, win the world for God. Now, the world would like to uh, push you back into the church. I don't know if you've noticed, Pastor Ricardo, uh, the world wants to put you into a, a uh, um you know, in, into some kind of an apartment to say, you don't belong here. You belong there. You won't do that. Oh, you're that. Oh. You know, <laughs> but, uh, we need to, uh, be there to actually uh, help them understand. No, no, no. We belong here. We, yes. we, 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 we bleed the same, uh, blood. Just that we have, yes, a different understanding, but, you know, mm-hmm. lead them obviously gently and, and lovingly to understand that I, actually. I, I truly yeah. believe also that, um, God has asked us yes. to be the light of the world, to yes. share his message for our own good. Yes. yes. Once we do ah, it, we're we blessed. We're that's not just right. blessing that's others. That's right. It, that is a remedy for our selfish heart. Mm-hmm. It is because uh, naturally we want to keep things to ourselves. But God wants us to experience even the heartaches, the challenges that, that comes with sharing the good news. And mm. that helps us appreciate yes. what what it really means to be a Christian and what Jesus has done for us. It really helps us to also see that hey, actually, you know, it is so sad that Satan can actually hold, uh, hold you and have, have a grip on you and, and that will start helping us uh, uh, have uh, uh, the mind of God and uh, have uh, uh, um, a little bit of an insight as to how God sees the lost. Um, uh, and so, yeah, we, we can definitely talk about that. And that's a very good point as well. Uh, and so, yeah, in finishing, I could say that um, really uh, the summary of all this is that we as a people of God, um, Christians, we are the salt 
of the world mm-hmm. and we are the light of the world and the command from Christ is that we need to allow this light to shine before men what a privilege mm. and uh, what a what a responsibility as well it is yes uh, uh, dear listeners make sure that you don't try to share your own light but make mm. sure that it is the light that you're receiving daily from Jesus Christ amen amen yes. Praise because God. we make mistakes <laughs> that's right yes, mm. yes yes and we may cast dirt onto the truth at times god have mercy on us but uh, yeah yes. let us allow the light of Christ to be reflected in us and mm. let us reflect that light uh, to the world. That's the, the way. light of Christ. Mm. That's the way. Not just yeah. with our um, words, but with our actions. Amen. Let's Amen. preach Jesus. That's right. Um, I love the fact that Jesus used that example. We are the light of the world. We are the salt of the earth. Yes. Because when I think of um, eating my food on, on a plate, yes. I don't put the salt um, in a corner, on a corner <laughs> of the plate, you know, and, That's right. and expect the, the rest of the food to become tasty. Mm. You, you need to yeah. grab the salt and actually mingle it with the food so That's the right. food becomes tastier. That's right. And Amen. I believe that um, we've been called to mingle with the world yes. as we stay connected with God. Yes. So yes. that we can become a channel of His blessings for many people that come into contact um, with us. That's right. right? That's right. Very Amen. interesting. Amen. So, um, dear friends, if you are liking these messages that you hear on um, Drive Time BQ&A, please um, share it with others because that's what God has called us all to do, to share the good news that we um, receive from him. So, dear friends, we look forward to having you join us next time. Pastor Fabiano, thank you so much for sharing uh, those thoughts and Bible passages with us that really answers the question that uh, God has never asked us to withdraw from the world. Definitely he needs not. us in the world, and it's That's also right. for our own good. Amen. We need to share his, his word. So, That's right. Um, dear friends, until next time, please remember that Jesus said, You are the salt of the earth. Matthew 5.13 Let's pray. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for um, giving us that privilege of being the salt of the world, the light of the, of, of the earth. And sometimes we wonder how are we going to do that? But the answer is that, that we find in the Bible uh, when we are connected with you. We just reflect what we receive from you. So I pray, dear Father, that um, we may all have that connection with you daily so that we can be the um, the salt of the earth. Please um, bless us all richly. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. May God richly bless you, dear listeners. This program has been made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. When I
Bye.